Welcome to She Wakes Up, a podcast where you are granted permission to rise above your past, crush your fear and self-doubt, and go after the future of your dreams. I know life has taken over and has driven you to a place where you feel lost and scared and you have no idea how you got here. You just feel stuck in your job, relationships, motherhood, all of it. I see you and you're in the right place. I'm your host, Stacey Feeling, and I'm so pumped to have you here. I've been where you are. I was lost in abuse, finances, anxiety, poor health, you name it. I was up and down for years trying to fix myself on the surface. What I found was the real damage in need of fixing came from the inside. And so it was. If this is you, come hang with me. Grab a drinky drink and maybe a pint of some ice cream because we are skipping the small talk and getting right to the juice. Because girl, it's time to wake up. Welcome back to another episode of She Wakes Up. I have a wonderful guest here. I'm honored to have her on my show. I was a guest just recently on her show too. We just hit it off. Her name is Christy Lockhart and she is life bonus and bio mom, teacher, host of the Start Scared podcast, an Enneagram 6 who is used to be bound by what she thought she was supposed to say, do, or be. So much so that she lost herself in the chaos of everyday mom life and is trying to discover who she is in real time. She's passionate about empowering and motivating other mamas to cut through the BS stories that they tell themselves Mm -hmm. and find clarity to start scared on putting themselves first because who they are on the outside of being a mama still matters. And I love that. Christy, Mm -hmm. welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. It is such an honor to be here. Absolutely. So just if you want to go ahead and just share, I will let you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us who Christy is. Hi, I'm Christy. Um, I am, like Stacey said, I am wife, mom, bonus mom. I'm a believer. Um, I'm a teacher. I, I am an intervention specialist. I work with struggling readers and mathematicians in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, I host a podcast. Um, we are actually um, also hosting a foreign exchange student from Germany. And he's um, at the time of this recording, he's leaving in like a month and a half. And I'm so sad about it. And um, yeah, just um, my kind of trying to like all of this, trying to just discover who I am outside of being a mom, because I feel like I've lost myself. And um, now it's just turned into something that I'm really passionate about, just speaking to other women and breathing life into them um, so that they they recognize that they still matter, that, you know, yes, their mom hat is super duper important, but it's not everything. Yeah, absolutely. We all wear so many hats, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good space. And, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of why I'm here too doing this show, because I just feel like as we're starting to get the word out. There are more conversations being had around this, but before it was not something that was talked about and it kind of felt like it wasn't allowed to be talked about. And so it's so good to have other women in that same space. Um, And I wanted to bring you on here because the episode where I have guests, we talk about just these testimonies that other women have because we are all struggling with some area of our life or we've struggled in the past with something and now we're struggling with a new thing. And I just feel like, again, getting those conversations out there and sharing those stories can help at least one other person on the other side of this podcast. So for you, your struggle um, that I would really like to talk about today was 
what happened with your body image issues and kind of your journey through that. Because like I said, when I was looking at you on social media, mm-hmm. I would have never thought that you, where you are today would have been somebody that struggled. And I think that's so amazing because social media does just that, right? It's mm-hmm. just what we want people to see. And when we see that, we don't think that you would have ever struggled with that. And yeah. so I just, I would love to hear you share that story and your journey and how you were able to overcome that. Well, first of all, I want to just preface this conversation by saying I haven't completely overcome it, but um, I'm definitely more on the other side than I was before. But I do just want to say thank you for holding space and having the space for women to have these conversations. Because yes, being a, a woman, being a mom is very isolating because like you said, social media you know, shows this perfectly curated content, highlight reel. And if you don't peel back the layers and be raw and vulnerable, people aren't going to really um, know that you have the same kind of issues, you know, and, and the biggest thing for me, especially with my podcast is, oh, me too. I'm not alone, you know, and just feeling that kind of almost like sense of relief that, oh my gosh, yes. Okay. We, I, I have something in common with you, or I have this connection with you because I, I feel like I'm just totally alone and I'm in this all by myself, but in actuality, we're not. And so it's really important to, um, peel back the curtain and show that, that vulnerable and realness side that I think that social media has hidden for so long. So thank you for having that space for women to have these conversations. Um, but as far as like my body image issues, really, I cannot pinpoint like a certain time in my life where I didn't like the way or where it started. It feels like it's just always been that way. Um, I was a competitive gymnast for a lot of years. I was a competitive cheerleader after that, you know, all through middle school and high school. And um, I'm small, I'm five one, and I was always the flyer. And so as I got into more competitive cheerleading, the girls got smaller, shorter, tinier. And so I was always feeling like I was not um, athletic enough, small enough, skinny enough, muscular enough, whatever enough, always the I'm not enough. And um, it just, kind of like always snowballed into a constant life of um, disordered eating behaviors, yo-yo dieting, um, picking apart my, you know, my body, pinching, you know, um, checking to see if, you know, I was quote unquote fatter than the day before, or as soon as I would wake up, I would get on the scale. I would look at myself in the mirror. Is my stomach flat? Um, And it was just a constant constant checkpoint all the time. And, um, there were so many things that I feel like I've wasted or, um, lost out on because what I looked like was always at the forefront of my mind. Like that was the most important thing. So worried about what other people were thinking about me. Um, I felt completely uncomfortable in my skin. And, um, that was just something that, um, I, like I said, I cannot for the life of me remember when it wasn't like that, but it was, it snowballed into, um, all through high school and then college, um, binge drinking, binge eating, and then weight watchers and counting points. And then just finally getting to the point after I had Bruce, my son, he's seven now, but it was, um, he was a little over a year old. Um, I would stand in the bathroom in the shower and I would strategically have the bathroom door open. So when I opened the curtain to get out of the shower, I couldn't see myself in the mirror. And that's when I knew, holy crap, like this is not okay. 
Like I can't live my life like this, especially since I had a bonus daughter. I can't let her see my internal struggles um, because they see everything. Even if I think that I'm hiding it, they're seeing it all and just recognizing the way that I acted around food, um, the way that I wouldn't eat certain things or um, the way that I would always call myself fat or I didn't have anything in, in my closet to wear. And, and that was just something that I didn't want to have her growing up with as well as Bruce as well, you know? So I just finally had enough of the, the negative self-talk that was constantly playing repeat in my head over and over and over again. Oh, I, I hear you. There's been <laughs> so many things. It's interesting because those things that you were saying that you had struggled with is something very similar to what I have struggled with, with my weight loss journey. And still to this day, like you said, this is still something that I'm battling with, even though I know that I'm at my healthiest that I've ever been. And that I try not to pay attention to that number on the scale, but for whatever reason, like I still do the body pinching, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, um, always just like so conscious about food. Um, I eat well, but I also eat what I want, but then I, you know, like, it's just, it never goes away. And I'm wondering too, because with that, for me, I know it all started in middle school, but I don't really have a moment like you where I can pinpoint what that came from. And I'm wondering, I wanted to ask you if you've ever had anything that you can kind of remember back to your childhood of comments that were told to you or remarks, just like when you're saying you were trying to avoid that with your children, you know, these things that maybe was not directed at you, but that you learned through that modeling of, you know, that body consciousness. And I'm trying to think back to my own experiences and wondering, you know, if I picked that up along the way as well. I mean, what can you say on that? Um, this is the second conversation you and I have had where I've gotten emotional. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, as far as like when it started, I don't know, but I vividly, and I just want to say my dad is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And I know that he didn't mean what he said to be so harmful. Um, but it was, I was in college and I was home. Um, I went to school in Florida and I live in Texas and I was home visiting my parents and, um, I gained the freshman 15 and, you know, I went from a very active muscular cheerleader who tumbled all the time and flew all the time to really not doing anything but eating pizza and drinking. Right. And, um, we were sitting at the kitchen table. I, I can vividly picture the chair I was sitting in. We were, and the way I was positioned in the chair and he poked my thigh and he said, what happened to all your muscle? And I know that he didn't mean the way that I took it, but that was, I was 18. That was almost 20 years ago. And I still remember that. And it still hurts. And um, it wasn't until recently that I told him that and he was mortified. He was so apologetic, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that those words would hurt you. But yes, they do. And so one of the things that I try really hard, and this wasn't until maybe five or six years ago, um, but I really, really try hard not to comment on people's bodies because you don't know what's behind. Oh, you look so good. Have you lost weight? Well, you don't really know what's behind that weight loss. You don't know if, you know, they just lost someone and they're, you know, not eating because they're grieving or they're starving themselves because they want to fit into a certain size jeans or, you know, whatever. You don't know the reason behind that weight loss. 
So I really try if I see so, oh, you look radiant or your, your smile is so beautiful, just not commenting on people's bodies because I think that as women, as a society, we're like, oh, you look so good. Have you lost weight? And really, I just, I don't want to talk about that anymore because it's still such a raw emotion for me that I'm still also trying to, um, to change and to become better and not have that be a constant thing in my, in my mind all the time that I want to do that for other people too, because I'm, I'm like, I don't know if anybody thinks about their weight as much as I do or the way they look as much as I do, but if they do, I don't want to comment on it. You know what I mean? I just want to tell them that they look beautiful because their smile is beautiful or, you know, whatever that shirt looks great with your eyes or something, but just really try not to comment on body what their body looks like, because like I said, that comment that my dad made 20 years ago is still just like nestled deep within my soul that, you know, I'll never forget that. And words matter. Mm -hmm. They do. And that's such good advice. I love that taking the shift away from complimenting somebody based on their appearance, um, especially their weight, because yeah, you don't know. And so many people interpret things differently and it's not anybody's fault. You didn't mean it that way, but that's what has stuck with you over these years. And that's such good advice. I absolutely love that. And skinny Um, doesn't mean healthy. So like you can have this girl who's wearing a size zero and, but she, who knows how she's gotten to that point, but you can have someone who's wearing a size 10, 12 and they're health, they're super healthy and as healthy as they've ever been in their entire life. Like healthy does not equal skinny. And I just don't want to continue to perpetuate that thought that you have to look a certain, you have to be a certain size, look a certain way in order to be accepted. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I feel so concerned for the generation of our kids because with social media, we didn't really have that to compare to when we were growing up and it was still a struggle. You and I have both struggled with this outside of having that influence from social media and girls, as you know, are just so susceptible to comparisonitis and falling into, you know, being popular and wanting to fit in and so conscious, so self-conscious that it is crucial. And I love that you're kind of starting this movement with your own kids of not worrying about that, what the number looks like on the scale and knowing that skinny doesn't mean healthy. And that Mm -hmm. if you're happy and doing the things that make you healthy for your body type and your shape, then that's all that matters. And you don't, we're all different. We all need to embrace our bodies as they are. Um, Not everybody's built the same and that's, we're not meant to be built the same. So I think that's so beautiful. So how did you work through that? And like, what have you done to stay consistent and maintain where you are right now? I know you said that you're still, you know, dealing with this. um, And I totally understand (laughs) what has gotten you to where you are now. Um, I would say surrounding myself with positivity and um, people who lift me up because my, I'm an Enneagram six, so I can gear towards the negative. That's just kind of my natural tendency. And, um, you know, my, my husband laughs that I'm the glasses half empty type of girl. Um, so what, so left to my own devices, I'm going to pick myself apart. So I really try hard to surround myself with, you know, people like you or people like Keisha Fitzgerald, you know, um, the host of the empower her podcast and, um, just all of these different women who are, 
motivating and encouraging and um, who breathed life into me until I believe in myself, um, who don't worry about what you look like because that's not what's important. It's what's in, in your heart and what's in your brain and the conversations that you have with people and, um, you know, going beyond that surface level. So really like I really try hard to think about, okay, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, you know, if I'm spending a lot of time with my students, you know, okay, I've got to find other people that I need to hang out with. Right. And so even if I can't get in like proximity physically, I can get in proximity, proximity, like listening to their podcasts or reading their books and just listening to people. I do a daily devotional every single day. Um, and just listening to words that breathe life into me rather than breathe life into what I look like. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in you are who you surround yourself with. And that's part of this self-development is you have to surround yourself with people who are trying to level up and be, you know, I like to surround myself by people who are three to five steps ahead of me because then I have something to learn from them. And that's ultimately where I want to see myself um, in the future. And so I just think that the more that you can be around that positive energy and other like-minded people, you really do. It helps you, your tribe really helps to pull you up out of your funk and walk mm-hmm. alongside of you knowing that, you know, they too had gone through very similar. And so yeah, just try to find your tribe. And I think yeah. that's so important. Um, I was listening, sorry, I was listening to go a podcast. Um, I was listening to a podcast today actually. And um, she was talking about, um, you know, you can get yourself into a room with people who um, are further behind you and then not just, you know, feed your ego that, yeah, I can do this or look at how good I'm doing. But to really get, like you said, get yourself into a room of people who are a little bit further ahead so that you can push yourself, push yourself, stretch yourself and grow and become a better human being rather than just, you know, feeding your ego that, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm doing an OK job because. I'm further ahead than all of these people. So if you, I've also heard a quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you need a new room. I've heard that same thing. I love that. <laughs> it's such good advice though. It's so it true. Is. And you, you can't stay where you're at if you want to grow. That's right. So, absolutely. What are some things, I know you said that you do your devotional every mm-hmm. single day and that you are, you know, trying to find your tribe of people. Do you have any habits or anything that you do on a daily basis that might help somebody who is going through this and is looking to, get healthier? Um, for me, I, um, I hate to work out. Like working out is like the bane of my existence. Um, (laughs) I don't think you're alone. (laughs) So, um, but I know that that's important when it comes to living a healthier lifestyle, you know, because (laughs) sloth like level, you know, breed sloth like level. So, um, I, I work out at home because, um, I'm a teacher and so I have to get up super early anyways. And so, what I do is um, I get up at, I get up an hour before I have to get dressed, before I have to get into the shower. And so I wake up and um, I drink my pre-workout. I do my daily devotional. Um, I press play on a scheduled workout because I don't want to have to think about it. Um, because if, if I have to think, okay, well, today I think I'm going to work chest and, and tries and okay, so I'm going to do this now. It won't happen. And so I do what my trainer tells me to do on, on the TV. And, um, I check that off when I'm done. And so just making sure that you prioritize and, and make time for, even if it's 30 minutes and it's a walk around the block or whatever. Um, one thing that I used to do and I don't have to do anymore, but one thing that I used to do is I put, I would put it on my calendar and I would say, you know, 5am workout. 
because it that's like um, an appointment on your calendar that you're not going to break. Like if you go to the doctor's office, you're not going to break that appointment. You know, you have to go get your teeth cleaned at the dentist's office. You're not going to break that appointment. So this is an appointment to yourself who is the most important person in your life. Don't break that appointment to yourself. So put it in your calendar. If it's not something that's a habit yet, um, you have to continue to build those, those habits and, and, and create those steps. And every time you don't break a promise to yourself and you check that box that you did that workout, then it gives you a little bit more confidence to do it the next day and then to do it the next day and then do it the next day. And then hopefully it will turn into a habit if that's something that you it is making you feel good. Obviously, the biggest thing is finding something that you like to do that brings you joy. Like if you see me running, come run with me because that means someone's chasing me and we're not safe. So. Me too. I don't run. <laughs> I do not run at all. So if you see me, like I said, if you see me running, you better get yourself running with me. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. I, I commend anybody that does like 5Ks and stuff, but that's just running is not for me. But yeah, I think that's so important too, because you have to find what you're into. And I know like cardio drumming, I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's all the, the rave here and people just love it, but it's fun. You have to make it fun because yeah. Yeah, you're not going to show up. I've also started to block it into my schedule because if it's there, I'll do it. And I don't know much about an Enneagram six. I'm an Enneagram three, but I know that part of my personality is checking those boxes and crossing yeah. off my to-do list. So yeah, that definitely helps. What about your relationship with food? Because for me, that's something I'm always, I've gotten so good and I don't know if that's a good thing or not, because that just means that I've always been very conscious about the food that I intake, but I can tell you pretty much the caloric intake of most things. Mm -hmm. So I add up my calories daily just by like in my mind, I'll sit there and go, okay, that was, you know, 300 calories. And, you know, like I do the math every single day and I do it to help me keep on track. But I also feel like that's just part of the pieces of this journey that I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm still, I, I treat myself. I don't withhold the things that I do enjoy because I love food and, you know, I, I will never deprive myself of that, but I do feel like I will pass up the birthday cake at parties. And sometimes I really do want that piece of birthday cake and I let myself have it. But other times I still really want that piece of birthday cake, but I just don't because I'm like, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't. Yeah. So is it a struggle for you still? And how have you kind of overcome that? So, um, to me, yes, yes, still a struggle to me. Um, it's all about intent. So if my intent is to, um, to, to figure out what I'm eating because I want to lose weight and because I don't want to eat this because of X, Y, and Z, then the intent is not good. But if I am, um, you know, watching what I eat because I want to make sure that I eat all of the food groups and I want to, I want to eat, you know, this amount of protein versus this amount of vegetables versus this amount of carbs, then that intent is overall healthy well-being. Um, so really it depends on the, the intent for me. I do, um, you know, I, I use portion fix containers and so I can visual, like you can, you can tell me the caloric intake. I can tell you, okay, well that's a, a protein serving. And so then I, I mentally count how many protein servings I've had for the day, how many vegetable servings I've had for the day. And so to me, that's not to lose weight at one point it was to lose weight, but now it's to eat healthy and to eat a balanced diet with full of healthy fats and full of, you know, vegetables and carbs and fiber and protein. Um, but as far as 
like you were talking about the um, birthday cake, my, um, my kryptonite is Oreos. And um, I have not, and one day, one day I'm calling it out into the universe. One day I will be able to eat just one Oreo. Um, I cannot, I cannot do that. I, I don't, it, it turns into a binge and it's really, really scary. Um, I can eat one Oreo and then I'm like, just one more, just one more, just one more. And then all of a sudden I've eaten two rows of Oreos. And um, that's really scary to me because I don't have the discipline to just stop at one. So there was one time when, you know, I, I couldn't have the Oreos in the house at all. A couple weeks ago, I actually did an experiment. I was like, I'm going to get some Oreos and I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see how it works. And I was proud to say that I didn't completely binge the whole container, but I didn't stop at one or two. I probably had six or seven, um, but I praised myself because that was progress. But I have to keep in mind that I know that one, the binging is not healthy mentally and the binging is not healthy physically because it makes me feel terrible. And then it turns into a vicious cycle of negative self, self-talk and then maybe um, deprivation some other time. So I will try that experiment later, but I'm not there yet um, to continue to have the Oreos in the house. But um, I at this point, I'm not in a healthy state of mind to be able to just have one and just, or just have, you know, one small piece of cake. It would turn into a large piece of cake or three pieces of cake. And, um, that hurts my soul to admit, but it's true. It's, it's, that's where my disordered behavior comes in is binging on the sweets that I just can't control myself. And so, I, I do deprive myself of that because I know that I'm not ready to bring it back into my life to just be able to stop at one or two. That makes sense. Yes, it does. And thank you for sharing. I know that it's not easy to admit that about ourselves when, you know, we feel like we got it all together. We have to keep it all together. And then we, we do have those things that we have to continue to work through. And it, it, like you said, it is a cycle. And I know exactly what you're talking about on, you know, you, you try, and even though you are complimenting yourself for that progress, you have clearly made that progress for yourself, but yet we still feel like we have to beat ourselves up. And then it starts that, that cycle again Mm -hmm. of now I have to deprive myself because I'm not strong enough. And, you know, if I let myself go, I'm just going to get back to where I was. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, something that you know, I, I feel like, of course, we have the chemicals in our brain that are addicted to the sweets and that keep us coming back, you know, but I feel like it's so much deeper than that yeah. in what is rooted in us and really trying to work through those things. And it's tough, but I, you know, I think one of the biggest points that you had made is to just celebrate the little wins and, you know, recognize that, you know, we can't, we shouldn't have to deprive ourselves of the things that we enjoy and just trying to get to that place where we can find that balance so that we can enjoy those things that we like that we could Mm -hmm. have but not getting to that extreme of where it breaks us down yeah Um, it's tough it's it's hard and um you know something that a lot of therapy has helped with um I started therapy almost, I guess a year ago. And I started in secret because I was embarrassed, you know, because of the stigma behind therapy, but it's helped so much that I'm like, 
I shouted out from the rooftops, you know, go to therapy, get some help. But like, especially if you have disordered eating behaviors or body image issues, it is so important to go to a therapist who's specialized in those areas because, um, they, they've been there, they've done that. They're, they're trained in that area and they can help you without, um, creating other disordered eating behaviors. Um, because I, I know from, um, other, um, people that it's just kind of created different disordered behavior, um, disordered behaviors that, you know, well, now they're counting calories, but again, the intent is to lose weight or to have that control. And so that just kind of isn't getting to the root cause and getting rid of the, um, I have to control this or, um, I need to, or I struggle with this and I need to fix this. Mm-hmm. So you're replacing one with the other, yes, not really exactly. getting to the root of that problem. Yeah. I'm yep. a huge advocate of therapy. I think even therapists need therapy. I mean, anybody, yep. we're all human. There's something that we could benefit from in therapy. So I absolutely agree with that. Christy, what is some advice that you could share to the woman on the other side of this that could be in your shoes where you were five, 10 years ago, um, or, or you could use yourself in as an example, like what advice would you give yourself knowing what you had gone through to get to where you are today? You're not alone. There are so many people who are going through the same thing that you're going through or something similar. And you do not have to suffer in silence that there are people who can help you. All you have to do is reach out. I am happy to help you. I mean, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert, but man, I would love to just listen and to meet you. But my biggest advice is don't keep it in because um, what is kept in the dark grows. But if you bring things to light, it's not as scary. And so that's why having these conversations is so freaking important because it's not so scary anymore. And yes, getting help and going on to recovery and changing, you know, your mental space is hard and it is scary, but it's not as scary as continuing to live in the dark of all of these nasty negative thoughts and hiding things and living in secrecy. And there's nothing wrong with you. Um, There's nothing wrong with you, but don't suffer in silence. There are people there that will just love on you and help you through whatever it is that you're going through. So reach out to somebody, a trusted somebody. Yeah. And until you do, you don't know how many other people are in that same place as you Mm -hmm. that you can connect with and share that with. And it's just such a powerful space when you can have those conversations and let that out. And the first steps are the scariest, but if you are brave enough to just take one step that's going to get you to that next step and Mm -hmm. eventually get you to the place, Christy, where you have gotten yourself. And that's why you do what you do. And I do what I do is because we have to have these conversations. And even though, like you said, we're not therapists, we have walked that path and we know what that feels like. We know the struggles that we had to go through. And if we can help one woman eliminate one of those struggles or to make those struggles a little bit easier, that's what we're here for. And I just, I love that you are able to just bravely share your story and be vulnerable and show up for the other women because they need you. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for doing what you do, because I think that 
I told you last time we met, you know, on my podcast that, I mean, you're doing such important work and you're going to change the lives of so many women. That's the goal. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Christy, tell everybody where they can find you if they just want to reach out, have a conversation or what other areas, like, do you do coaching or how can you help the listener on the other side? Um, I do not do coaching yet. I have been kind of, I, I am a teacher at heart. So I've been trying to figure out, okay, what is my next realm of teaching? Um, because eventually I'm going to leave the classroom. Um, but I would love to do some kind of teaching for moms. Um, don't know what that looks like yet, but, um, I'm on Instagram at Christy Lockhart. Um, that's Christy with a C and two Y's, but yeah, slide into my DMS. Come say hi. Um, I'm, Turn, I'm, I'm an introvert, but I feel like I'm turning into like an extroverted introvert thanks to this podcast, which is super fun. And um, my podcast is called Start Scared. And you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's probably on the platform you're listening right now. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I thank look forward so to much. chatting with you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Of course. Oh my gosh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did when I was recording it with her. Christy is such an inspiration and just the way that she tells her story, the tone in her voice, I mean, she is made for this. So if you haven't yet listened to her podcast, make sure that you check that out. Her information is in the show notes so you can connect with her. And also, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to tell your story, just like Christy did today, make sure that you reach out and I'm accepting applications for the podcast to come on and be a guest where we just record behind the mic and our PJs if we want. You can have coffee or cocktails or whatever, but if you have something that's on your heart that you really want to share with my listeners, go ahead and look in the show notes or on my Instagram. There's my link there and all you have to do is click on be a guest on the show. There's about 10 questions to get your information. You schedule a time for me and you to just jam and that's it. That's all you have to do. So my goal with this is to share the word and spread those hard conversations around and to let, like Christy had just said, women know that they are not alone and we all have a story to share. We all have overcome so many things. We've all gone through things. We're all currently going through things. And so if you really want to be heard and help another woman eliminate one of those steps or help her overcome something that she's going through, please make sure to reach out if you have any questions. Otherwise, like I said, go snag a spot on that link and I will be happy and honored to have you here on the show. All right, that's all I have for you. Again, go check out Christy. Have a great weekend.